From the newsroom of Impact Alpha, I'm Brian Walsh, and this is your Impact Briefing for Friday, March 11th. Today, I'm joined by Impact Alpha's Jessica Pothering, who is live on tape from Cape Town, South Africa. Jessica's going to talk about International Women's Day and female fund managers. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Brian. Excited to talk to you in a little bit. Likewise. But first, here's what you need to know from this week in Impact Investing. Western investors in Russia are running away from political risk. For more than two decades, the Media Development Investment Fund has run toward such risk. The Media Development Investment Fund's Harlan Mandel spoke to Impact Alpha, explaining how the fund finances independent news outlets to strengthen democracies, including in Ukraine. We're betting that our investments are going to contribute to moving these countries into more um, democratic, more accountable environments, governments, societies. And if that's the case, then our investments are going to do better. This week's Agent of Impact call offered it a how-to on operationalizing ESG and impact within corporations. Kathy Clark of Duke University's Fuqua School of Business spoke with Walmart's Brendan Morrissey and Salesforce's Sonia Norman about the efforts underway at those enterprises. Here's what Morrissey had to say about Walmart's Scope 3 emissions, which are the real footprint of the massive retailer. There are 15 different categories of Scope 3 emissions, uh, but for us, purchase goods and services is is a big one. Capital goods and then um, use of of goods sold are are the major categories. For a company like Walmart, Scope 3 would, you know, getting to net zero essentially means the whole world has to transition to net zero, to be honest with you. Head to impactalpha.com for the recap and full video replay of that call. Everyday investors have a new impact investing option. Fintech startup Cressy aims to support impact-focused small and mid-sized companies that advance the sustainable development goals. Cressy uses Regulation A+, to enable U.S. retail investors to invest in notes that fund loans to impact businesses, initially in the country of Colombia, where Cressy founder Andres Edoraga was born. The Ford Foundation was joined by the Visa Foundation in backing a Black-led fund of funds. The Fairview Foundation's Emerging Managers Fund launched in 2019 with a focus on investing in diverse fund managers, particularly those managing small and new funds. The company Ether has raised $18 million to convert atmospheric CO2 into diamonds. The company says that every one carat diamond removes 20 metric tons of CO2 from the atmosphere, which the company claims is enough to offset the average American's carbon footprint by more than a year. So while diamonds may be forever, hopefully carbon is not. And now it's time for our featured conversation. Jessica Pothering, great to have you back on the podcast. And you're coming to us from Cape Town, South Africa. What are you doing down there? Um, that's right, Brian. Um, hi, it's great to be back. It's been a while, actually. Um, I'm just here for a few weeks to reconnect with the city and do some local reporting um, and to enjoy the warm weather, of course. But I've spent a lot of time here starting from when I was a grad student and it's been about five years since I was here last. So it's just kind of overdue for a visit. Now, your, your trip to Cape Town is not just to escape the, the, the cold winter of Northern Europe, but you've also, as you said, have been on a reporting trip of sorts, and you, you've been really focusing on small businesses and the capital providers who serve them. So what have you been finding in your time in Cape Town about that? Kind of the big story we've been covering um, in emerging markets generally, actually, for the last two years 
is about how new tech startups and local fund managers are opening up the capital taps for small businesses, which of, of course are the backbone really of any economy um, and are always, it seems, no matter where in the world they are, just perpetually deprived of the type of financing that they need to, to grow and thrive and commit to their and invest in their communities and uh, yeah, and to create jobs and and so this week, actually, in honor of International Women's Day, we featured a couple of guest pieces and new initiatives from women-led funds, a couple of which actually were from here in South Africa. So the first that I want to talk about is about this new impact link loan fund that is focused on giving women-led enterprises and women in the South African workforce a boost. Um, this fund is a partnership between WOMVEST, which is a network for South Africa's women entrepreneurs and investors. And such a capital who we at Impact often know very well. Um, it's an equity investment firm that's focused on South African growing businesses. And I spoke to Wombest's founder, Maya Bernie in Johannesburg this week, who told me why Wombest and Secha decided to partner on this fund. Right now, these businesses are finding it very difficult to access working capital finance at affordable rates and on appropriate terms. This type of short-term capital is incredibly expensive. And what ends up happening that the margins of these businesses are squeezed and the entrepreneurs are not able to grow their businesses as fast as they could. By providing more affordable, short-term working capital finance, these entrepreneurs are able to grow their businesses more quickly. Secondly, by embedding impact-linked and reward-based finance into the instrument, we are able to incentivize positive behaviors as well as the achievement of predetermined impact outcomes. So that's interesting, Jessica, but why is Womvest only focusing on the companies and Secha's portfolio? Yeah, this is a pilot program to support Secha's portfolio companies specifically, but it also gives Womvest's network a chance to put money to work on behalf of other women. So the money they've raised so far for the facility comes entirely from women in the Womvest network. And Maya told me that the idea is to give this a trial run with Secha, but then to eventually replicate the fund with other partners and then bring in institutional capital. So we hear so much about gender lens investing these days, and it seems like an option for investors like Secha Capital who are seeking to have more gender impact in their portfolios. So how does that play out here? I mean, I think what Wombest and Secha are doing is actually a great example of that. Um, Kristen Kelly Jangra from USAID's Invest Initiative had a great piece on that more generally this week. She spoke with six women who are leading emerging market investment funds about tips for getting their portfolio companies to do more for women on their teams and in their communities. And there were some really great nuggets in there. There was a handy toolkit from Promuher and Deepkin Impact that they collaborated on together and also a how-to guide that was developed by Value for Women. So I'm going to hope folks who are listening will actually go check that out. So there are these you know, tools and tips and guides for uh, women-led funds and women-led entrepreneurs. Um, but what's your sense of the experience of actual women entrepreneurs and women fund managers? What's their experience on the ground right now? Maya and I talked about that. Um, and she said the idea for this fund and for One Best more broadly stemmed from her own experience working as a woman of color in private equity. So my background is in the private equity space. I've been in principal investing for about five years or so in, in South Africa. And I typically find myself in boardrooms where men are investing in men. Um, and it's a phenomenon that's not something new. And I thought to myself, I can either accept this as the norm and continue on or 
I can do something in my sphere of influence to, to change this reality and to encourage more patterns of women investing in women. This was echoed in one of our other guest posts this week, which was written by Sinima Basokoyana, Marichaba Ngumayo, and Jasmine Bohenpol. Um, they're managing partners at AIH Capital and Dtiro Capital, which are two black women-led funds here in South Africa. Um, and in their piece, they talk about how much opportunity investors are leaving on the table by failing to invest in more women, and specifically failing to invest in black women. And so here's um, an excerpt of what they wrote. I just want to read quickly. Uh, they say, this economic mainstream still lacks an understanding of black people, especially black women in lower income brackets. Our teams, which consist mostly of black employees and have majority female ownership, look different than most established investment teams. This means we also think differently. Our difference in perspective is our strength, allowing us to see and capitalize on opportunities that we might otherwise go unnoticed. So it sounds like opportunities that might otherwise go unnoticed, uh, Jessica, is something that female fund managers are used to. Is that right? Yeah. Um, you know, I was really happy to see this piece from Cindy and Jasmine and Mari Chaba come in this week. I talked to a lot of women fund managers who, I mean, most of the time they're just head down fundraising. They're fully focused on their missions. And I think they often just don't have the luxury of time to stop and share the experiences and challenges and biases that they're facing, except, you know, maybe to each other. Um, you know, as a reporter, I'm always on the hunt for funds like Dutero and AIH and Womvest. And, you know, since this is about International Women's Day, I'm actually just going to name drop a few other ones. You know, there's like Ibtikar Fund in Palestine, which we profiled a couple weeks ago, or Akiptan in South Dakota and WIC Capital in Senegal and I2I Ventures in Pakistan. And, you know, there's just so many. And, you know, I'm always excited to find these fund managers because they're doing the hardest and most necessary work in this field and in their communities. And because they are overlooked, you know, I really take my role as a journalist telling their stories really seriously. But I would also just love to see more examples of women entrepreneurs and investors who are sharing their knowledge and their deep experience and expertise themselves, um, you know, when they manage to find that time, of course. Well, well, Jessica, I think you uh, name-checking all of these incredible fund managers and these women-led funds is very important, not just because this week we celebrated International Women's Day, but uh, every week because that's where uh, so many opportunities are uh, and that's where so many opportunities are often overlooked. So thank you for bringing your journalistic lens to this subject. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me on. That's going to do it for your Impact Briefing this week. Thanks to Jessica Pothering, who joined us from Cape Town. And thank you to all of you for listening. Thanks especially to our producer extraordinaire, Isaac Silk. For more from Impact Alpha, you can subscribe to receive the daily email brief and access to all Impact Alpha content. Podcast listeners get $100 off their first year subscription. Go to impactalpha.com slash subscribe and use the code briefing100. I'm Brian Walsh, Head of Sustainability for the capital markets firm TPI Cap. Until next time, take good care and look forward to speaking with you soon.